Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. This is Alex. Today's an episode all about us on popular request. This is uh, part one of our special February four-part series Ooh. that we're doing to yes. celebrate our three-year AGDW uh, anniversary. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So this episode, uh, people have asked, uh, starting the first year of the podcast, people have been asked a few times, hey, is there, can you have an episode that's just more about you guys and your life and your work and that sort of thing and so, why you are the way you are. So, so get ready for the most boring episode. <laughs> yeah, the most selfish episode of the AGGW podcast, uh, but by popular request. And since it is a special month, we figured this is like the good time to do the, uh, an episode like this because it's a special right. type of episode. It's, exactly. It's not the norm. So without further ado, just the two of us. <laughs> just the two, two of us. Of us. And welcome to this very special episode. It is episode, what is it? 133, I believe. Um, yeah. Which crazy. Yes. And what's else? what else is crazy about this special episode? The reason it's special, it is uh, our third year anniversary in 2020, February. Don't know the exact date. Maybe February 7th. Not quite sure. It could be the 9th. First week of February, we finally released... Our first episode. Our first episode. Yeah. Um, there was maybe like... Eight listeners. Oh, there, oh, there, was, there was some fanfare. Uh, mostly our uh, mom and uh, dads, girlfriends, um, girlfriends. Yeah. Well, uh, if yeah, they say they say they listen, I don't know if they do. <laughs> maybe maybe not. So we got more popular, and they heard heard through the grapevine. Like, yeah, oh, they, I, they, they don't want to be nerds. You know, I should actually listen to this thing. Okay. Yeah. So a third year anniversary, which is insane, because starting episode like ten, we were both like, okay, we got nothing left. There's, yeah. we're done. Uh, but we're we're still going. So three years later, insane. Yeah. So uh, we have four special episodes this month, and this is the very first. Because, and I think when this is re released, it it will be February first for you guys. So true. Special month of February, and for example, next week, next episode, our episode two of the special series is a special guest. Special guest. Special guest. <laughs> special guest. Special Sorry, guest. I, I did like a half the English and. And German word for, for guests. Uh, the special guest next week is Faley from Germany, of course, the host of the Faley from Germany YouTube channel. She's been on the show a few times, and the reason we're bringing her back again, well, she's awesome and fun to talk to. <laughs> she is. But also, she, and I think it was like episode 18, she was the very first guest we ever had. We did not have the balls to have a guest before that. And yeah. finally, we reached that level. We're like, well, let's try. Uh, and, and, and she helped us kind of get on the podcast map, which is really helpful. Exactly. Because she was much more well-established than us. And so um, anyways, to thank her for taking a chance. We're on two putting on our show again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it'll just be fun. So um, anyways, look forward to that. And also, as our special month of episodes, we'll be having another live show, Jeff. And which wait, wait, Alex, live, live. Oh my God, we're, we're doing it live, we're doing it live. In which all of you can can come join us, watch us record, and ask questions live. That we'll try to answer all of them on air. So join us on February fifteenth at seven p.m. That's Berlin time, which is one p.m. U.S. East Coast and ten a.m. for the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, go to our Instagram page. It'll be live on Instagram, and it'll appear for you for your viewing pleasure. Right there. Yes. Again, guys, Wednesday, February 15th at 7 p.m. live. You can interact with us. We'll answer questions live. 
It'll be another cool episode. So come join us. And don't worry if you can't join us because the episode will still be released as a normal episode the following week. It's just being recorded live, not really right. being released live. So, so you got, you got to see sense. how the how the sausage is made. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. A lot, maybe like half of you will just stop listening. Right. It's just like, oh, just, what's I've, this I've seen too much. This, yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> and one last note about our February spectacular. Um, one of the episodes this month will be chosen by you guys. And wh- whichever episode wins, we will have to do it, no matter what it's about. Um, so <laughs> we're ask we're going to ask on Instagram. We're also asking here uh, for you guys to send in episode ideas and the top five ideas. We'll do a um, a poll, a survey on Instagram, and and, you, and y'all can vote. And the best one will win. And we will do that episode as one of our special episodes. So yes, send in those ideas, please do. Uh, and now for our normal German news and other tidbits, uh, Germany and Olaf Scholz finally approved tank deliveries to the Ukraine. So I think they're sending over two tanks at the moment after a long time of kind of being wishy-washy in where their stance is and what they want to do. Yeah. And they finally decided to send some tanks over, which yeah, thank pretty, God, pretty yeah. good for Ukraine. Cause, cause I mean, with, with the situation in the Ukraine, like every day you delay is, you know, right. is just hundreds of people dead, thousands of people dead. You know, so um, I'm I'm glad they finally, because and, and, they're really holding on for oh we'll send them if the U.S. sends them. You know, so like kind of pussyfooting around and finally the U.S. is like okay we'll send them. You're sending like 17 tanks, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and and hopefully How do you ship a tank. Um, you know, by a large tanker. You know, whoa, ship. You know, oh. and they're all actually the U.S. the US, U.S. and other militaries do have a few planes that you can fit like two or three tanks in the plane. That's. The Galaxy, we have one that's called the C5 Galaxy, I think, it was a huge... Uh, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, Engineering. Yeah, so some some have some big boy planes. But anyways, and hopefully other... Because Poland has been... Was threatening, we're going to send our tanks without your permission. Right. Um, so I'm hoping now... I'm hoping now that Germany and the US have agreed, Poland will follow suit, um, Finland was talking about it, um, so other countries will fall in, and then hopefully we'll get a nice... Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's the great thing is these, these German tanks, these Leopard 2s, are like some of the most advanced tanks in the world uh-huh. and the Russian tanks have nothing on them. So um, yeah, I think that's why Russia's kind of scared. That makes sense. Uh, and also for anyone who hates winter and loves global warming, they're in luck because <laughs> meteorologists predict February in Germany will be something of a heat February with temperatures at least two to three degrees Celsius hotter than normal. This is after Europe experienced its hottest January on record, which for Germany was an average eight degrees Celsius higher than standard. Eight. Which is wow, it's super cold right now. But yeah, it was incredibly warm beginning of the month. Yeah, but uh, even my super cold right now, it's like bar- it's, it's barely zero. Yeah, true. Which for February is not that cold. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, it's insane. So yeah, if you, if if you're a big fan of climate change, then good, then for, good you. for you. Yeah. yeah. But if if you hate the world being destroyed, it's kind of a sour note. Kind, kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, on I'm pretty a, pumped. And as a not not so important note, but still affects you. Um, it's ruining the ski season, man. It is. Yes. So um, I think a lot of us will have to find new hobbies. I mean, 10 years from now, will there be a ski season? I, this, this, well, might I be, mean, this might be your, Alex, when you, if you ski this season, it might be the last time you ski ever. That is, that's crazy. Which is not even that much of a joke. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 true. It's um, not out of the realm of possibilities. So um, yeah, look what we did. <laughs> well done, us. Yeah, it'll be a warmer February, for better or for worse. So there mm. it is. All right. And uh, more troubles, because yeah, that's what it needed, more troubles for Berlin's new airport uh, today, which is uh, Wednesday, the 26th of January. All flights to and from the capital's airport were canceled 
due to labor strike. Um, these kinds of strikes, like Lufthansa strikes all the time. The pilot unions strike all a lot. Right. So um, Germany, we do have a problem with um, with strikes affecting air travel quite a bit. Yeah, and this is the strike from the Berlin airport. So the ground workers, and by Europe law, if your flight gets canceled because there's a strike in Lufthansa, something like that, you get uh, compensated for it. But because the flights were canceled because the airport was on strike, you don't get anything. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, that's um, that's even I that's even worse of the employees then because think of the thousands of people who are not getting refunds who are Yeah, I, I know some airlines said like I know EasyJet said they're trying to contact everyone immediately and try to figure something out. Mm. But uh yeah, I'm 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 all here for unions and people trying to get higher wages. Just sucks. I mean, that's what happens if you want to get higher wages. Yeah, I'm well there's there's other ways you can do it that don't necessarily affect so many people's lives, but you know. I mean, that's a different discussion. I okay. Think, but yeah. <laughs> um, next, the German film, All Quiet on the Western Front, was recently nominated for nine Oscars, which is the, mo- the second most nominations for any film this year, um, which is actually quite insane for a German film. True. Um, at the Academy Awards. Now, not only is it nominated for Best International Feature, it's also nominated just for Best Film in general. That's pretty... I feel like German German cinema and German TV shows have really been on up and up mm. the past few years. TV shows not at all. They're horrible. But um, movies have been slowly getting better. Well, you know, you had Dark. That was a pretty big hit. Yeah. So, yeah. They, 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 Germany has like three good shows yeah. in the past 20 years. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's better than none. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, I, I agree with like Netflix and stuff, but like German TV, like Unsteady F and, it, you know, all the kind of... Like, yeah. Are, uh, one day I'm going to do this on a shuffle. Like... They are so boring and, not, and un- so repetitive and just just there's nothing inspiring about them. Like on Amazon, they have some good shows like like Four Blocks um, and the, the, the Discounter, which is really funny. I just watched that. Yeah, some of the streaming services have been doing a good job the past like five years yeah. making quality content outside of the States. Right. Um, which has been it's nice. pretty cool. Yeah. But actual like German TV TV is uh, woo daddy. Well, a lot of American TV TV is also woo daddy. How many singing shows do we need, Jeff? How many singing shows do we need? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, just so many. Apparently. Um, next. We mentioned recently that Germany is attempting to change its citizenship laws in order to allow non-EU foreigners to have dual citizenship. Like us. Like us. Yeah. However, this probably won't be a speedy process for most of you if it is approved. Currently, there's a huge backlog in Germany with 100,000 people in waiting for the citizenship applications to be processed. For example, 10,000 of these applications are from two years ago in 2021. And so, I mean, it's good that that's offered. Uh, it's just going to be a while. Yeah, but yeah, so, so say the dual citizenship is approved, right? And you started immediately in 2023 going through the process. It might not yeah. get approved to like 2025 or something like I that mean, it's, at the earliest, right? It's better than never, so I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but it's, 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 an unfor- it's unfortunate, you know? Like, I mean, they, they have, they have um, their offices have dealt with a lot of um, refugees and asylum seekers and stuff the past 10 oh, years, yeah. they, been, which have slowed things down, yeah. but it seems like they haven't really like hired uh, additional people or created a system in order to like, compensate you know what right I mean? right it seems like they're operating at, at normal capacity but with extra with, it's know, pretty pretty on brand pretty on brand for the german government yes <laughs> um speaking of on brand because we say this most days um thank you to everybody over the past three years yeah, years, wow. three years man um who have given us donations um it is a fact that this podcast would have probably ended a lot earlier without these donations yeah, there, are many, there are many times with without these donations we would have had to have stopped. Yeah, for sure. Because this is a nonprofit podcast and we have expenses, of course, um, to keep going. So thank you everybody for donations. And if you'd like to 
continue donating or donate for your first time, you can do so on our website. The bottom of any page has a donation button. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you. And again, it's always going to be a free podcast. Nobody has to donate. So no, you don't have to. Um, yeah. How you been? Yeah, good. Um, played some music yesterday. Trying to get a few guys, a few friends to um, play some drums and play bass, guitar, and just trying to jam and have a good time because I haven't played music in a long time. Ooh, I'll talk about that later, won't I, Jeff? Yes, you will. Yes. Uh, yeah, very cool because um, you actually found there's a place in Berlin, which may be in other big cities in Germany as well, but yeah. in, there's like a place where it's it's just a bunch of rooms where you just rent in order to, to jam with people because obviously in, in your apartment... It's impossible. You can't do it. You can't do it because be too And they loud. come with like drum sets and really nice amps and they're all soundproof and it's all the things you need. You can rent a guitar or a bass or whatever for like three euros an hour. Nice. It's really cool and uh, it's just really fun just to play something, you know? Nice. Yeah, what's the name of the place? Uh, Noisies. 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 Really, really, really cool spot. Because you're noisy. We're noisy. And they have a little bar in front. Like, it's a great environment there. That's actually where we went. The, the Podfest was held uh, it was, last yeah. summer. It was at Noisies. So uh, cool, cool, cool spot. And then, yeah, you and I hung out on Friday at a video game night. It's been a while. That was fun. We did, yeah. My girlfriend yeah. was out of town. Your girlfriend was out of town. And so what do boys do when the girlfriends are out of town? Play video games. Play video games, yeah. That was solid. Yeah, it was, that, it was like such a man. It was like KFC, like K, Kentucky Fried Chicken, video games, beer. Some whiskey cocktails. Uh, Misha came over. You did. At a weird time, like, you know, like, like 10.30. Like 10.30, he texted you. Hey, you guys still play video games? Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah, I played into the wee hours. I, I got in bed at like 4.30 or something. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a lot of gameage. Yeah. If it weren't for like time and stuff, like I probably could have kept going. You know what I mean? I could, I could play for 48 but, hours but you know straight. I mean? It's just like, you want, you want to be a human, so you're like, all right, it's 3.30, I guess. It's I, it's I like guess a, I have to go home. It's like being a kid again, you know, staying up late, right. playing as long as you can until you wake up and someone's, oh, someone's butting your face farting on you. Why didn't you pull out some sleeping bags? I mean, Misha could have just like, you know. True. Could have done that next time. over next, next time. time. Next time. <laughs> How about you? You're right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was there with you, so that was fun. And then the nice. next, and then Saturday, um, we got together with some some other friends, and we went to a, like a really tasty um, Israeli restaurant. Some yeah, that was really good quality hummus, man. I I love hummus. Yeah, you need a T-shirt that just says "I heart hummus." I mean, I'm sure it exists. I of guarantee course, you, it course. exists. Of course, it does. I'm pretty sure you get them like yeah. in every corner shop in Israel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was it was a it was a fun weekend. Yeah, it, it was. was. It, good was it was good times. Yeah. All right. What's also a good time is uh, whiskey, Jeff. It is time for our whiskey. Now, we were kind of stupid. We didn't necessarily go out and buy a special whiskey, which we probably should have. But, totally um, forgot. We forgot, but we had some whiskey that we had bought for a different episode ages ago and never drank. So we're good. <laughs> so we, <laughs> our, our mistakes become non-mistakes. Yeah, if we just not mentioned it just then, you wouldn't have known we made a mistake. Right. Mm, that was stupid. Yeah, okay. Anyways. Uh, this is again, uh, it's a small bottle. It's been a, while. a special episode. We're doing small bottles again because we're again, stupid, right? We didn't plan this out. <laughs> nope. So the small bottles, so you're not getting a pop today. Uh, but it's still a whiskey and it's a scotch whiskey, a space side scotch, single malt scotch whiskey, age 12 years called Glen Alechim. Glen Alec. I mean, yeah, considering it's Gaelic, it's probably pronounced completely different. Glen But we're doing, yeah, Glen or something. Alachi. Um, yeah, the Glen Alachi, 46% alcohol from the Valley of the Rocks. Ooh, and it's 12 years, it says. It is 12 years. And there's actually the signature of the master distiller on it. Of see, Billy Walker. Only reason I can, this is rare for me, I can actually see the bottle because 
there's I have one in my hand because there's two little mini ones. You're you're giving more details than than I usually give. Yes. So shh. Sorry. Okay. So let's uh, crack this open. We do it at the same time. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. Should we do a three, two, one? Three, one, A, B, C. Oh, see, Alex is, is I'm a pro. He's obviously done this because he held it up to the microphone. I did not because I've I never pour for this. Damn it. Pour it back into the bottle <laughs> and do the clucking again, All Jeff. Right, let me go get my funnel. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, nice. Very scotchy. Very scotchy. All right. Mm. Before we get into the episode of Just the Two of Us, uh, if you'd like to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. We read them all, and it helps other people find a podcast like you. But you don't have to if you don't Man, want you're, to. You're speaking like a thousand miles per hour. Today. I'm going fast. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to if you don't want to. If you choose not to, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. That's also okay. No, you could like um, take training as an F1 race car driver. You, you you could do that. Go as fast as Alex's talks. Yeah. 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 Also, <laughs> and also check out our website. It's agdwpodcast.com. Many do say it's the greatest website in the whole world. It's crazy, I know. But uh, that's all hearsay. I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, yeah, but you know, it is hearsay. But when when the majority of the population says it, does hearsay, right. does hearsay just turn into fact? You know, I, we, we got to look into that. We, 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 yeah, we, we got to Maybe we, there's a certain, that. a certain, you know, where it just crosses a threshold and it's just, it just goes to the dictionary. You know, I'll, it's just I'll uh, ask Jeeves it later. Dictionary. Uh, let's say... I, let's say Encyclopedia. That's where we're facts. Encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, but, but but um, one thing I will say, I've been a little naughty the past couple of weeks. I haven't been updating the website, but I finally got my computer fixed. So nice. Next, so when this episode comes out, considering it's also special, you know, month, I will finally freaking update the website for the past few episodes. So there'll be some goodies on there. I believe it when I see it, Jeff. And also, uh, we have an Instagram for those who do not know. It's at americans.in.germany.podcast. I, I just hate Instagram handles. It's a lot. It's it's a lot, yeah. It's at a lot. Okay, and uh, without further ado, let's get into our do. Let's get into our topic, which is uh, all about us, just the two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try, Jeff. Just the and two of us, you and I. You and I. So yeah, let, let's get started, Jeff. Let's start with our with our childhoods. Yeah, I guess you tell, know, tell me about your trauma. <laughs> Like when we, when we were thinking about doing this episode, we we're like, we know what you guys want, but we just didn't know. Like, how do you, how do you, what do you can start? Us. So it's like, weird. we'll just, yeah, we'll just start with the, uh, I guess the childhood. I, or, I don't know. I'll, I'll go first, I guess. Basically where you're born, where you grew up, uh, you know, like Getting real personal. Yeah, yeah. Like what was, where did, where does foundation come from? My, this, my this dude in front of me, the Alex yeah. foundation, uh, not a charity. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I had a pretty, um, typical like American upbringing. I grew up in the suburbs in a small town in Rhode Island. Uh, I went to school though in like uh, about 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from my house. So I take a bus there and um, you mean for like elementary school and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. From, from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, same school, big campus, old, old school. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of good friends. I had friends in my neighborhood. Uh, we did a lot of rollerblading, skateboarding, BMX, biking, all that typical, you know, young kid stuff that you do back in the 2000s, 90s, yeah, of, yeah. you know, of that time. And, and the one thing we have in common is we both grew up on the coast, right? right. So, so I think you were probably getting really into the seafood like I did and, oh, yeah. and, and like oh, yeah. 
go, going to the, hanging out at the beach and that kind of stuff, you know. For sure. The things about my parents were big beach people, but my grandparents were. So I went to the beach with my grandparents a lot with my aunt and uncle. And then my buddy moved to the beach. So when I hung out with him, we were at the beach all the time. One of the weird things we used to do was there was a, <laughs> there was a new neighborhood being built adjacent to ours. And we used to like go into the neighborhood with our bikes and like make little BMX jumps and ramps and stuff. Oh, because it's a huge construction site. Right. Oh, those are so fun to hang out in. And as then we would yeah. break into the buildings being, the houses being built when we were like 12, 13, 15 years old. Yeah, but usually you don't have to break in because usually just like half, half of walls which is missing, right? So you just walk in. You're not really like, you don't have to, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. And then, you know, we found a swamp somewhere in the neighborhood. We swam in a swamp, got grounded for like a week after that. Just typical, you know, small town. Uh, suburban life, you know, once we are old enough to like ride our bikes into town, hanging out, riding our skateboards in the CVS parking lot, which I think like everyone did, or McDonald's parking lot, you know, yeah, that was kind of yeah, like a typical, yeah. uh, I know even, you know, when I talked to Germans, like that's what they did as well in their childhood and Germans like, yeah, we hung out in McDonald's parking lot. That's what you did. And then of course, once I started driving at 16, that's when things got really fun. I was all over the place seeing all these friends going to parties and just acting a fool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was good. My parents are great. I have a sister. She's fantastic. Uh, my whole family's in around except for one cousin who's in Arizona. So every time I go home, I get to see everyone. So it's a really small family, tight-knit family. And uh, yeah, it was all good. All hunky-dory. Nice. Did and you, nice childhood. Did you guys do... Um, I know, and I think this is purely... I think Europeans will never understand this, but I think only Americans do, is like as a kid, once you had a driver's license, you, you didn't really have a life, so you didn't really know where to go, but you would just like... Drive. You go pick up a friend. Yeah, and you just like me and my friends had like a route that we would just yeah oh yeah every time every night you go and you just drive you just drive it would be like an hour two hour circle around town and down, along the beach and you just drive just chatting whatever oh you for know, sure like, I mean you, you, yeah hit a friend hey you want to go for uh you just want to go for a drive like yeah sure I was driving around because you know it's a waste of gas you, but but back of then, course back then gas was like two bucks not four or five but well, yeah. I remember like two thousand eight it was like four or five two thousand eight was nine uh when I got really high that's when everyone was like thanks Obama that's that meme kind of popped up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, you know, it, I think the reason was because you were 16. You don't want to hang out at your parents' house, right? You want to be cool and independent, but there's nowhere to be cool and independent when you're 16 in the States. Yeah. So we just drove around and that was fun. We used, you know, we would go sometimes to this little cafe that was really, that's really still there actually. It's a little Italian style cafe. It's really pretty, very nice. European style. Yeah, yeah. Let's go there sometimes, but you know, drive around, go down to the, to the train tracks. Or what they say in the movies a lot, go down to the quarry. Did you have a quarry? We did. <laughs> you had a quarry? Yeah. It wasn't with walking distance, but it was like later when we got older, because it was an abandoned quarry. So it was pretty cool. So, so yeah. you guys go down to the quarry and yeah. throw some rocks. That's what I hear from movies. Yeah. I, I've done it, but it wasn't like our main. It was your main, main quarry? It wasn't our main. It wasn't our main <laughs> quarry. Backup yeah. quarry? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have a quarry. We had train tracks we'd go down to and throw rocks. Nice. I had to, Before I got um, a driver's license, we had a thing we called towning it. So you call, call your friend and it, again, no cell phones, so you actually call their house. And I, is this Matt there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, um, hey, man, you want to town today? And towning it was basically after, so this is like up until sophomore year of high school, right? You know, like call them, call them up. And basically, I, I live in a tiny town, and so you'd get on your bikes, and we just had like, so basically it was the bike version of the eventual car thing, right? Right, yeah. You would ride around our town, and we'd have like, you know, okay, hit up the Burger King, then you hit up the Kmart, see if anything cool is like on the blue light special, like oh, yeah. walkie-talkies or something. Hit up this place because you know the hot girl that lives works there, and then you know hit, hit up the coffee shop, and then you know whatever. Um, it was just like this circle that was towning it for like two hours, you know, whatever. And that's what you did because 
again, when you don't grow up in like Berlin or something, your options are limited. So, yeah, or like you know. any, any, you know, any city. Uh, yeah, we used, to, we used to, we didn't call it towning it, but we used to town it a lot. And like my parents let me go out of the neighborhood more often on my bike and stuff like that. My sister wasn't allowed to when she was the same age. Mm. So I don't know. I Which got more. Which caused some uh, resentment later on. Probably. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, because I went to school in the city, I get to like, after school is like, go explore the city a bit. Mm. Which again, my sister was pissed I could do it, but she couldn't do that. So yeah, that funny. was nice. I have a similar situation. <laughs> There's a few things that uh, I was allowed to do that my sister she says she wasn't allowed to do it that those ages. And then she, I think she's a little, still a little sore about it or whatever. A little bitter. Um, and I, but I think it's like maybe, you know, the, the, the first child you're all like overly protective of, right. By second one, you're like, carrying you don't, a little, you don't care anymore. Ah, whatever. Just throw them out. See don't what be, happens. Be see, fine. Throw them out there. See what sticks, you know, it's like, exactly. And one more fun fact, I played violin from ages five until 18, 19 years old. So how good did you get? Really good. Actually, I was really good for a bit. What's the something, that your parents pushed you into or you actually no i wanted to and wanted I, was, to. I asked my mom and i guess i went at five years old i went up to her and i said i want to play the violin sort of when you're five yeah she's like why i was like because it sounds pretty and then she's hmm. like cool we'll make some classes and then of course when i was like 16 15 i didn't really want to go to practice anymore because i had a really strict russian violin teacher who was intense and i think i stopped playing with her at like 16 and i just kind of stuck in my school orchestra then I went to college and I stopped playing, which I still kind of regret because I was like, I was really fucking good for a bit. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And on top of all this, you also mentioned like you had also had um your like Hebrew school that you had to go to every yeah, week as well, right? Went I to mean, Hebrew school from, yeah, like kindergarten until I was 12, 13 when I got bar mitzvahed. And then I also had a metal band that we played a lot of shows between the age of like 15 and 22. Yeah. I was playing guitar. Uh, Mercury made the Hatter. Can find us on YouTube probably still. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, I'm the guy with semi-long hair wearing a clown costume. I used to wear ridiculous shit on stage. Nice, yeah. Because we used to play like these big shows, like Battle of Bands type things. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd walk around with these pink fuzzy pants. They used to be like a pink gorilla suit. Nice. I got the pants tailored to be to be pants. And that was like your your shtick. Like, right. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, you're playing late? I'm like, yeah, yeah, come check us out. So we got some big, some, some you know, I think our biggest show we played for like 70, 80 people, nice. maybe 50, 60. Maybe my brain is memory more. It could have been 12. I don't know. Yeah. It was really fun. We, we loved doing that until like I was 21. Uh, then we kind of played here and there. But uh, yeah, I love being part of the band. So that's why I mentioned earlier, it's really fun playing music again right now. And I'm playing the drums this time, which nice. is nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, lo I love when you like, you finally remember these things. And you're like, why did I stop? I really like that. And then you actually kind of push yourself to like, let's get, get back into that. I want to get yeah. back into it. Yeah. I, you know, music was just a big part of my life for whole, my whole life. So not playing anything such a long time really, you know, just like just like a little something, a little something missing, a little something missing in my life. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I never really played, but now the past few years I've gotten the itch. So yeah, maybe one of these days. Or, yeah, yeah, do it. Happens. Yeah, do it. So what? What about your? Uh, what was little little Jeff like? Little Jeff, little, little baby Jeff. Um, yeah, like you. Yeah, like a typical kind of American. I, 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 again, we've we've both been very fortunate that we've had like loving families yes and absolutely we're very lived, uh, lived in privileged. nice lived in um you know nice areas and had a house you know with a yard and all this kind of stuff so um and being white dudes you know just super privileged yeah yeah exactly um yeah so I, yeah of course i got my mom my dad and uh, one sister um and coming that's actually interesting is so my mom both her parents are el salvadoranian like they didn't move to the states until I think the fifties, sixties. Okay. Um, so my mom didn't even learn English until like, until, um, later on, you know, so was I, she born in the States or born in El Salvador? Yeah. She was born in the States, okay. but, um, <clears throat> you know, shortly after her parents 
moved uh, from El Salvador to California. Um, yeah, and so I, yeah, I, oh, mom, don't quote me on this, but I think she didn't learn Eng- English till between the age of like eight and 12. So, oh, okay, in there. wow. She said she, you know, she learned from like watching TV and stuff, kind of taught herself English. Of course, now she speaks. What about like school? English stuff? better than me. Yeah, like I, like I, I, I obviously she probably learned um, a little bit um, through school as well, but like, but th- they only spoke Spanish at home. And, right. And I think because of that community, also, they were only speaking Spanish, um, the only Spanish speaking neighbors, Spanish, you know, like. Yeah, like, sure, sure. Um, so she didn't learn English till much later on. That's um, cool. But, anyways, but anyways, when I tell people that, they think I'm lying because cause I, I'm like technically like half. El Salvadoranian, but right. like I'm the wi- widest looking guy. Yeah, you're 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 white, you're white bread, baby. <laughs> um, but that's because I got like uh, for look wise, I got because like I'm blonde and you know and you know and uh, green bluish eyes, whatever. And I got all that from my dad. Um, Clearly, <laughs> yeah. But my sister got all my mom's looks. So my my sister is kind of like dark, dark brown slash black, curly hair. You know, <sighs> like um, much more Latino. Uh, that's why you're Jeff and not Hefe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's funny on that side of the family, it's like a big extended family. And I remember as a kid at family events, people would be saying, who's the gringo? Like, what's he doing here? You know, because <laughs> it'd be like, everybody's speaking Spanish, you know, it'd be like, it'd like be, be me and my dad kind of, you know, in the corner, it'd be like, who are they? Like, oh, it's, Rose, it's Rosemary's husband and her daughter. Like, really? Like, oh, okay. And, yeah. and you don't speak Spanish. No, well, my mom says like, um, cause we had a Spanish speaking, only Spanish speaking nanny when we were younger. So up to the age of five or six, like we spoke Spanish with her. Oh, wow. Um, but then, you know, from then on, like when we got rid of the nanny, then we only spoke uh, English at home. So, so I, I, I remember a few things here or there, um, but haven't really practiced it, you know, and like when you take Spanish in high school in the States, it's, it's not immersive at all. So it's like you, you take four years of Spanish and then like you immediately forget most of it, you know? Because- I, I took one year of Spanish because I had to do extra English classes. That's <laughs> dead. <laughs> anyway, so I, yeah, I, grew, I actually I moved around a lot as a kid. You know, I, um, I think by the time I settled down, it was like our fourth, like by the time I was five or six, we had moved four times, I want to say. Um, okay. So, but the place I eventually grew up in was um, next to Santa Cruz. Yeah, yo. Yeah, yeah. Banana slugs, what, what? Uh, don't, I don't, don't know the reference, but okay. <laughs> no, the, um, the Santa Cruz University there is, uh, oh, okay. they're, they're uh, mascots, the slugs. Slugs. So I grew up near Santa Cruz, which going from Modesto, which, sorry to anybody who lives in Modesto, but it's like, it's just not a nice place. <laughs> it's just this like hot, deserty place with lots of gangs and, and stuff. And then, and then he moved to um, near Santa Cruz and now you're like near the beach and then the place where we lived, it's like five minutes from the beach, but it's in like kind of the redwood forest there or whatever. So you get the forest and the beach. And Tim, the, that's even in the America song. To the redwood forest. And let's the, get harmonized. And there. the something waters. The, 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 gold, the golden waters. Water. Gold <sighs> waters. That sounds like piss water. But something about waters. Something about water. Uh, anyways, but I, grew, yeah, I grew up there in a tiny, just like you, a tiny town, 10,000 people or less. Yeah. Um, two roads, two main roads, and that's it. And everyone lived off those two main roads. <laughs> yeah, okay. Growing up, you know, because it's such a tiny place and there's just fuck all to do. Yeah. I mean, you end up just bicycling around. I really got into like shooting off model rockets. Oh, fun. And this big field. And then like, but the cool thing is the, the boredom of nothing to do is what got me into like filmmaking in general. Like I started making movies when I was eight. That was like the first time I took my dad's camera and started making movies. It's f- funny you say that because around maybe when I was like, maybe not eight, but let's say maybe 10, maybe nine, 10, 11 around there. 
same thing. I got my dad's camcorder. We used to make right, yeah. like SWAT movies. My buddy had like a paintball gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like make movies. And I was like busting down doors and it kind of just like arresting each other. <laughs> yeah, no, same. And then for the credits at the end, we like, we'd like tape, uh, we type the credits on like Microsoft Word and then videotape the screen is kind of sl- scroll down slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you do it was what, awesome. It was so much fun. You do what you got to do. Yeah. Like, and I, and I was the same, like starting eight, like we started with just like a, yeah, a lot of action movies, quote unquote, like yeah, beat them always up. Always action, right? Um, action or we would replicate movies we liked. Like, oh, I remember, okay. And I, I, I watched some like pretty R rated. I, I started watching adult films pretty early on, which I'm happy for because I saw a lot of really great movies. Um, <laughs> it's because the reason I had to say that is because you're going to wonder why I've, I even know what the Terminator is. But like, I remember at the age of like eight or nine, me and my friends like refilmed the entire movie of the Terminator. Holy shit. But our version was like four hours long just because it was like god awful. And you know, the, you mount the camera like in one location and it just roll for like 20 minutes. And, oh, just, yeah. like, and the scene just went on forever. But anyway, that was kind of stuff like a did. sitcom. <laughs> exactly. But then over time, me and my friends got better and better um, at it. We had like, had like a group of, group of friends that were always making some sort of a short film. Um, and then as I got older, um, created my own little company called Third Street Productions. Nice. Um, and it even got got it incorporated, like incorporated Inc. and had stocks. It was the worst idea ever at the age of 14. I didn't, I didn't know what that entailed. I was just like, cool, I want the stamp. Is that even legal to do when yeah, you're 14? I, well, I think, you know, you do it through your parents or whatever. But I didn't realize there was like legal implications and stuff. And anyways, but I, yeah, it's like I incorporated that for a few years. And then like, you know, I kind of would be... Um, that became kind of my freelance job starting at like 14, 15, you know, I was making wedding, oh, okay. doing wedding videos, filming, filming the graduation videos for the local high school, um, filming a uh, little commercials for, you know, local commercials for local businesses, that sort so of, that was like your real first job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so I've worked, that's why I know freelance so well is cause like I started it in my teens doing freelance stuff like that. Like a third of your life ago. Yeah. So yeah. You're not that old, but yeah, yeah. exactly. So like got, got really into doing that. Um, yeah. And, and again, like, because it was such a small place, that's kind of like, I think it breeds creativity or e- either you go into drugs cause you're so bored right, or you yeah. get, or you get creative. So luckily, sure. luckily I went that way, but, um, but yeah, but like on top of that, what was my very first real job was, um, I worked for this sauce making company. Won't name the name. <laughs> Won't name the name. You know, you, you know who you are. Um, do you know who you are if you're listening yeah. sauce company well, no, because eventually i got fired so i uh, but um what'd but, you do but uh so, so so it was like this local company there was like three employees because like everything was made at this one factory right but like the actual administration of the company was like three people right yeah and i was hired to do all the online orders so i'd you know i had the room with all the thing stack of online orders coming you know you pack it all up put a little in a slip in there and then the next day ups comes picks up the 30 40 boxes whatever and goes on his way yeah um and I was, you know, I like, I was supposed to show up like for a three hour period every day and do this stuff. And, you know, as a kid, you're 16, you're 17, it's summer. Hey man, we're down at the beach. Come on. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I started like showing up later and later, you know? And plus I figured like, well, the, the package would be picked up the next day anyways. So I can, <laughs> so it doesn't matter when I do the work, as long as I do the three hours. Right. It doesn't matter. As long as I get it done, they're going to pick, it's not going to pick up that day. Oh, you sweet summer child. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, so I'd go like hang out with my friends, come like 9 PM, work to like midnight or whatever. Eventually he caught wind of it. And then instead of like, this is what they don't like is instead of sitting down and talking with me about it, like a man, one day I showed up to work, my key didn't quite fit in the door. 
I called him. Hey, my key doesn't fit. He's like, oh, the reason your key doesn't fit is you don't work here anymore. Oh, wow. It changed Come on, locks. man. You can't fire a 14-year-old? Yeah, yeah. No, not that time. I was like 16. Can't fire something. a 16-year-old? But yeah, it was really, it was not a mature move on his part. Like, no. he could have just talked to me. But anyway, so that, that was my, what was your first job, job? Uh, my first job was uh, working at a restaurant at 15 years old. Uh, I was a busboy at a restaurant. That, it was a friend of my parents who owned a restaurant. Cause I'm pretty sure I wasn't allowed to work until you're 16 or something like that. I know like before a certain age, you can get like, like a special work permit as long, as, long like as you're like, yeah, your parent signs off on it and you can only work like limited hours or something. But this is a restaurant industry. So like laws, who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was actually working at two restaurants at the same time. They're across the street from each other with the same owner. So depending on like what day it was, I work at one, then another day I work at the other. And uh, yeah, I kind of kept working restaurants from 15 until 22 and like restaurants, catering, things like that. I, I super enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I think working in service, you learn a lot about, you know, how terrible people can be, uh, sure. how, to, how to be patient. Mm. Uh, just, you know, just it, I think it's really good experience to work either, you know, in retail or in restaurants. It's a great first job because it's not, like you said, it's not easy at all. No, it was tough. Um, and, and I learned like how to hustle. Yeah. And my dad always told me like, take ownership of your work. Even if you hate it, it's your work. Take ownership of it. Take some pride. Yeah, have some pride. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And uh, my, you know, I learned a lot from that from my dad. And yeah, like, I, re I really enjoyed working in restaurants. I worked in a bunch of different ones. Uh, I've done everything except for bartend and bar backed. I bartended a wedding once. Oh, no, mm. an event. But it was only wine and beer. So no cocktail mixing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed working in restaurants. It was very high paced. When, you know, when it was busy... It's very high pace and some day nights, you know, work eight hours and make like 120, 140 bucks. And doesn't the time like just fly by? And the time flies. Yeah. But when it's slow, it is slow. It drags. And unfortunately, I met a lot of great people. But unfortunately, a lot of the head chefs that I met, a lot of them were alcoholics or mm. uh, drug addicts, which really sucks. A lot of them were really good guys, but, you know, it's had some demons. But it's weird hours also because you're, Terrible hours. you're working... In the evening when all your friends are off, like doing, oh, yeah. doing fun stuff. And, and also it's, 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 it's rough because you're back there in the heat and everything till what, I mean, 11 or midnight. A, a or lot of the chefs, especially when I worked at a seafood restaurant, they're in there in the five in the morning getting the shipments of yeah. all the lobsters. And preparing and, everything. And, and then yeah. prepping. And then they're rough, from the morning yeah. until, you know, we're in 14, 15, 16 hour shifts. That's, sure. that's insane. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for me as well, you know, I was working a lot of Fridays, Saturday nights. So it'd be like Tuesday, like, yo, it's Tuesday. He wants to go out. It's like, yo, it's Tuesday. No one's going out. It's a school night. Uh, so that, that kind of sucked. But, right. you know, I, I was making some good money at 16, 15, 15, 16, 17 years old. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I did a lot of like weird, again, like freelance quiet type jobs. Like I delivered phone books and then I like uh, with my pickup truck, I would uh, like people are doing like renovations or throwing old stuff away and I would, I would get paid to haul it to the to the dump for them oh, okay know? so a lot of like odd jobs I, I, like a tons of odd jobs like, like, you like know, a weird I, video game side missions yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like i had like the the film jobs which like include like filming stuff but also um people had old old eight millimeter movies now transfer them to digital because i had bought like the little oh, machine yeah, okay. to do that or um like anything video making related you know so like you, that. you've always been a hustler yeah well like look at what's like okay i need some money okay yeah Deliver phone books. Boom. Do that for a few for for a bit. Okay. Now do this. Now do that. Uh, okay. Now, uh, I got yeah. I want to go to go to Europe. So I went and I worked at this like a vitamin pill factory for like two months. Got my money. Did my thing. Got out. You know, like cool. um. So I've I've done plenty of not fun, shitty jobs. Um, just because it's like you need to, so you do it. But like, it was 
but not, nothing that really was like, I go work here now and for the next few years, you know what I mean? It was like, right. I'd work for like a few months, then move on to something else. It's um, kind of cool though too. Yeah. Uh, I, I only had one job that wasn't food related and that was in college when once a week I'd go to the local diet. Cause I, I, my I think college, I know what you're going to talk about. Oh yeah. Does it have to do with, uh, I'll let you do it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, my, my college was even in a smaller town than my hometown. With <laughs> wow. The, yeah. Usually you, when you go to college, it's like, I'm going to go to the big city and have a great time. You're, no. like, you're like, Oh, I'm going to the quiet. It was like right in between Providence and Boston. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it had like one street light in the whole town and one bar that was walkable from, from the campus. Nice. And that was the bar on Thursdays it was like college night. And so I was learning how to DJ at the time. Yeah. And I just went to the bar and I was like, hey, I know your old DJ left. Um, I, I, I can do it. He's like, what do you want to get paid? And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know, like a hundred for like the night, which the night would have been like three hours, like nine, nine to one, yeah. nine, so like three, four hours. And he's like, yeah, all right, cool. And um, that makes you wonder, uh, could I have asked for more? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think, I think at some point I didn't ask for like 125, 150, but I can't remember to be honest. Uh, like once I upgraded my equipment and stuff. And so I went there the first time and they had no speakers, no sound system. And I was like, oh, I thought you had, you know, he's like, no, that's for, that's what you bring. You're a DJ. Oh, you're like, oh no, a hundred just for, it's just for me. If you want my gear, you got to pay uh, a well, little bit more. I had, you know, play in like a few hours. So I ran, I ran to like one of the campus houses, art house, those calls. Like, yo, someone here has got some speaker, a giant speaker I can use, right? He's like, yeah, so help me bring it or whatever. So I set it up. And so I was doing that every Thursday for like two years, hundred bucks, 150 bucks. Nice. And what was your uh, oh, moniker? DJ No Requests. DJ No Requests. It's, it's all in the name. It's all in the name. I don't <laughs> take requests. But yeah, I, I did that. And then I would just DJ parties around campus, which is like my, was I had more fun with just nice. doing the parties. And my buddy bought a bunch of lights. So we were like, it's full of like, yeah. you, got, you guys want to party this weekend? Yeah, sure. Cool. You invite the people. We'll take care of everything else. And we just do like some banging parties. It's really fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, like I was, I became the DJ for my high school for like the high school dances and stuff. And I, and we didn't have a proper setup, so I was I was able to be the one that went and bought like the four 15 inch JBLs and nice. this and the 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 board and the, the lights and everything. Um, but yes, there was definitely one time that I um, lied and said I was servicing the system, but I really just took it home to use it as one of my parties. So. Smart. Um, <laughs> I also did try bar mitzvah DJing and wedding DJing. Uh, nice, but I fucking hated it, so I dipped out of there real quick. Well, that's a lot, like because wedding DJing that's a that's a long. It's a long gig. Yeah, um, not fun. So anyway, so high school comes to a, to an end, and now it's like you're going into adult life, and okay, it's like, what do I want to do with my life? At that point, did you know? I mean, obviously, you didn't know at all that you were moving to Germany at some no. point, but... Yeah, uh, uh, at the end of high school, I had no idea. Honestly, no idea. I, I just went to college, and I said, I went to liberal arts college, so I was going to figure it out when I'm there, and I didn't really figure it out until my end of my sophomore year, where um, I decided, all right, I want to do psychology, Cause I was interested in that, but then I realized, so I took an early childhood psychology class and I was like, Oh, this is super interesting. Mm. Early kids. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go into teaching. Cause I don't want to go to grad school. I don't want to get a master's or a PhD to be a psychologist. So I thought, Hey, I'll go into education, maybe a guidance counselor at some point, or just be a teacher. Um, and so I wanted to do like middle to high school and I went to the education department. They're like, you can't do any education. There's not enough time. You do all of these classes by the time you graduate, there's not enough time for you to do it. So I was like, well, that's a, that's a bummer. Mm. So I sat down with my girlfriend at the time and I found all the classes I had to take and I mapped it all out. And I was like, hey, I can do all these classes. And it was two classes that had to be spent time in a classroom. They're usually doing two separate um, 
semesters, but I do them both in the same semester. And I'm like, hey, if you want to do that, it's up to you. But like, it's it's kind of a lot. Sure. But yeah. I was like, this is the only way I can do it. Yeah. And I couldn't do high school or middle school because there was enough time. So I had to do early childhood. And then I realized I actually absolutely love that more yeah, sure. anyways. Yeah, right. I was the only guy in my class, of course. And uh, Ooh, did, that, did that help with your uh, dating situation? Uh, it didn't. I had a girlfriend at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then I, I got into that and then was going to, yeah, went down direction, graduated with psychology and education. And after college, I, uh, I really had a hard time finding a job. So I thought, you know what? I might just move to New Hampshire and just teach people how to ski and be a ski bum and just chill and ski all winter and just work at a restaurant, a bar in the summer and kind of just be a bum in the woods. Yeah. Cause, cause you, you grew up right like every winter skiing cause you weren't right. that far from some good mountains, right? Yeah, yeah. I was skiing since I was nine years old, always going up to New Hampshire to ski. So I thought like, cool, that could be a chill life, right? Just ski all day, work in a bar at night or in the summer and kind of do the opposite of what I'm doing right now in Berlin, like live in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm happy my life didn't go that way. But yeah, that was kind of, that was going to be my plan is just be a ski bum, at least for a few years. But Berlin came uh, knocking on the door. So it often does. Took that opportunity. <laughs> Comes knocking, yeah. How about, how, how about you? So you just graduated high school. You, you returned to speakers that you borrowed for your parties. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I think I was only one of three. Because I remember if we knew through the graduation pamphlet, you know, next to each person's name, it said like what they're doing with their life. You know, Marines, uh, UC Berkeley, whatever, whatever, whatever. I was one yeah. of only three people that, I think, what did it say? I think it said. So there's the shrugging emoji. <laughs> I can't remember if it was like. N.A. or unknown or N.A. is, or, or, N-A is so or, or, brutal or it said like life experience or, or I don't know what it said but like but can, can you imagine N.A. like this is not applicable for it just sounds so mean yeah I just I just your future is not applicable it, it, it happened so because things like growing up like I was always like I always worked hard and got good grades got A's and everything so people always exp- of course expected I would go to college but by, by the time college came I just when high school was ending, I just was not in the mood. To, I was like, four more years of this, you know? Like, yeah. And also, I was, looking at, and I was looking at what I wanted to do with my life, which is do filmmaking. And I was like, you, what, are they gonna, what are they really going to teach you in film school? Like, I'd rather go and learn through the process of actually being on a film set, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. And most of my favorite directors never went to film school and, you know, and not comparing myself to them, but it was just more like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, is this actually, in most, in a lot of careers, it's worth it. But I'm like, in this case, is it? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, so when I turned 18, first I went on a bunch of backpacking trips through Europe, which gave me the Europe bug and the traveling bug and everything. Nice. And glad you did that. And after I did that, actually the precursor to this podcast, I started developing a website because I wanted, I wanted a website where I shared all my European backpacking tips. Ah. Um, and it was going to have like videos of me teaching people like how to pack light and how you, to do this and how to do that. You're a big Rick Steves guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, and so I was thinking of like, like, you know, Rick Steves, but for the younger, for like, for, for eight for like 20 year olds or whatever, right. you know, kind of a thing. Um, and I hired a friend to do the website and he eventually stiffed me, which is why it never happened. Uh, but Thank hey, Dan, Dan, it's cool, man. I, I forgive you. Um, a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so when traveling, but then, yeah, then I was like, okay, I got to move down to LA. So I moved down to LA, slept on my dad's couch for God, like two years or something like that. And, uh, during that time I just went straight to the film industry, you know, I like production assistant on movies, on TV shows, on commercials, moved up to like key set production assistant, then second, second assistant director, then, you know, like just moving my way up. Super cool. And I'm um, working on a lot of stuff in LA, which was quite a, that was a wake up call. Like, um, you know, cause one thing to like look, watch behind the scenes, but actually be behind the scenes and be like, Oh, 
we do 15 hour days and we never sleep and you know like <laughs> and you you can't have a social life and oh you know um so I did that for a couple of years and then um and then in the middle of that was when me and my friend decided to do a, a three-year anniversary to our backpacking trips before. Whoa. And did another, like, I'll leave it two-month-long two month long backpacking trip to Europe. And when I got back, I was like, I was like, I, I want to move to Germany. I want to move to Germany. Like, Super cool. I, I'm, like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really into Europe. Like, I, I wanna, but I want to just try it temporarily, you know? So, um, so, yeah. So, in that time, yeah, I was just hustling, doing production work and stuff, working on movies. Um, and then, yeah, then Berlin came a-calling. Amazing. As it does. And now here we are. And now here we are. And and you you work in Kita. I do work in Kita in a kindergarten. And, and guys, yes. um, now we use, we use we probably use the word Kita all the time, and probably American audiences have no idea what a Kita is. Can you? It's Kindertagesstätte. Basically, a kindergarten. A kindergarten. <laughs> it's kindergarten. Yeah, pretty much. You can also say Kiga. It's not a word that can you say. Kiga? Yeah, it's not used as often. Okay. Uh, kindergarten. So someone asked a question a while ago on our Q and A episode. We didn't answer it. But it was kind of the precursor for this episode. Yeah. So he said, I'm interested in what it's like to edit and mix sound for a movie. I could geek out on that for a while. And Alex, I'm curious how things compare in Germany and America. So yeah, I, I work in a kindergarten and have in the same kindergarten now since I've been here. So all over, over nine years now. It was funny. So when I was in the States, when I was student teaching at a school in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, where actually a few Patriots kids went, which is pretty cool. I got to hang out with Teddy Bruschi's kids in the nice. morning, which is awesome. Anyways... Uh, it was a huge school. So like two kindergarten classes, two first grade, two second grade up until fifth grade. And I was the only male in the whole school except for like the headmaster, which is also kind of messed up in its own way. Which is, um, which is, I have to say in my experience, kind of roughly how it is in the U S like, yeah. or, or at least 75% of teachers at kindergartens and preschools are females and about 25% or less are males. Right. Not, not exp- judging it or just just saying like that's kind of what you seem to find yeah exactly at least where i grew up so i'm not not saying and and i I could talk about why it's really important to have male kindergarten teachers but that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation but anyways uh when i was teaching kindergarten and when i was in school before that actually they were kind of teaching us a lot of what finland does and how we as future american teachers have to change the system in america sure yeah which is cool but i decided to screw that and left (laughs) is left but uh, when i was student teaching in the states uh what i did not like about it was it was a very school e in a kindergarten in kindergarten it's more so, like learn your alphabets learn like like yeah. they want they want you to learn things that can be easily tested right like exactly on a piece of paper exactly yeah. so i was teaching four and five year olds how to read you know cat sat mat and letter a day and then we had like free play time and outdoor recess time and it was just very and you had to teach exactly what the book was telling us to teach yeah, yeah. like on that week specifically that and there was no creative creativity for the teachers and some of the teachers like they hated it you know it's like i've been teaching for 50 years and i have way less creativity than i had you know back in the 80s and i was like i was enjoying myself of course but i was studying you know what it's like in finland and in europe and in germany things like that and how it can be uh, and I think I mentioned this before in a podcast a time ago. Um, you know, I'm, uh, United States is falling down in school rankings worldwide. So instead of like looking what, uh, what the other countries are doing and copying it, they kind of push the curriculum further down. Let's teach earlier so it'll be smarter when they're older. But by the time, you know, like, I remember studying, you know, when you teach a child how to read at four years old versus seven, eight years old, and their brain's actually ready for it. By the time they're 10, 11, there's no difference. So you're just wasting a lot of time 
when they're four and five sure, years old, still yeah. developing social emotional skills, independence, yeah, and empathy. Which is and like so important to have people who are empathetic yeah, and exactly. care rather rather than can they say cat or spell cat exactly yeah. and when i came to germany not only like when i was in the states i couldn't be left alone with a child i couldn't take him to the bathroom by myself because i'm a man but the women can yeah that's crap i know a, a woman could molest a child just as much as a man yeah, like I mean, exactly yeah. and, and it happens all the time uh unfortunately but when i came to germany you know i was like oh man the curriculum is like I'm teaching social emotional skills. I'm not teaching them how to read unless they're interested in it. Yeah. And it was just way more free and open and way more child led, which was like the key word was child led. And then uh, I was able to like change diapers, take kids to the bathroom when I needed to, and actually be alone with the children if I needed to be. And also work with kids from one to six is a whole new environment. So, sure. you know, not in all German kindergartens, but the one I work at, I start off with kids at one years old and stay with them until they're six years old. The same kids from one to six. Same yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we have a German teacher. I'm the English teacher. We don't really mix languages. I should only speak English unless a child's stressed out or whatever. German teacher only speak German. And my girlfriend is your German teacher in your class. Yeah, exactly. And the kids come from all around the world and it's just, it's totally, it's just so, so, so different. Um, and yeah, I I really enjoy it. I love my job. You know, it's really my vocation. Um, yeah, that's my job. Nice. And, And I, um, for anybody, because I, I think a lot of people have asked, you know, what's the difference between American and German Berlin Kita or this Kita specifically? And yeah. I think the, like you just like really laid it out there so uh, so people can see what is the difference between teaching, you know, a young child in America versus here, you know? And it's interesting because the changes that you were kind of tasked to make in the States, you're like, screw it, I'll just go to the place that has already has, made, <laughs> exactly. made, has made those changes like so I can just do it. Yeah. And, and what's so cool too is like every year, on a five-year uh, cycle is different, you know? The way I was teaching four years ago when the kids were one years old is a lot different than I'm doing now. And the next year will be different when they're five years old. And it just keeps things fresh every year. I'm not doing the same thing all the time every year. Mm. So it's really nice. But it is hard going from five back to one again because like, oh, last time I saw one-year-olds, I was, you know, five years ago. So I get back into that mindset of like, it's loud and there's a lot of poo. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah, yeah. The poo's a small part. Everyone always says like, Oh, but you gotta wipe diapers. But like wiping diapers, that's actually a nice, a nice bonding time with the child. So if you want to hear more about it, I can talk about it all day. <laughs> uh, but I'm not. But someone did ask on a QA that we put here what? about your movie stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, what did he ask? Uh what's it like to edit and mix sound? Okay, I'll go into really quickly. Um yeah, so when I stood so the person asked, they're interested in what it's like to edit and mix sound for a movie, and this person could geek out about that for a yeah, while. Yeah, so so like, <clears throat> uh, my thing is to always be, is to be a film director. That's what I, I'm interested in. Of course, in the States, I started, you know, Low and Tall Pole, production assistant, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then when I moved here, through happenstance and good luck, which I, we've talked about in other episodes, I hooked up with this um, quite well-known German film editor and started working with her on films and so like the and the very first movie i've worked on as the on an as an editing team or in germany yeah is with an academy award-winning german film director so it was like the best start you can you know that's not, yeah that's, that's you know, hitting the ground running not starting on some like you know low budget indie film indie film that's gonna go nowhere or whatever it was you know so they, i was very fortunate um very cool um and now i, I had at that point I had no professional editing experience of course since the age of Eight. I was, first. I started editing VCR to VCR, and then at the age of twelve, editing um, uh, with Adobe Premiere on my computer. And so, like, I, I had been editing since 
you know, for, you're talking like Windows 98, 95. Yeah, no, no, well, Mac. I, I did Mac oh, okay. since I was a kid. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I I had been editing my whole life. So like I that kind of prepared me for it. Sure. And then started editing with her on that first film as a practicant, which is the German word for uh, trainee. Oh, nice. Or editing intern. And halfway through the production, got actually promoted to assistant editor. And I was lucky to be working with an editor who really brings the assistant editors into the process. And she spent a lot of time um, on those first few films, uh, letting me watch her edit, telling me about her process, which, of course, in turn, helped me to become a better editor myself. And, and, and it's, it's a very um, interesting process. I mean, a lot of people don't know. It's like you start editing a film the moment from day one of their, fi- their uh, production of filming the film. Oh, really? Yeah, like what? It's like they they film day one, by day two, day one um, rushes as they're called or dailies, uh, which is everything the raw footage they've shot is sent. Sometimes you know you're in a different country or you know it's sent or um, um, via courier. And if it's the yeah, same city, you have like a, one of those personal couriers with the freaking walkie talkie, and they're you know like they're just all they're doing is delivering your package, nothing else. You know? That's a cool job, actually. Uh, yeah, especially in Berlin because you're on the in your bike and you're hustling. I mean, any job with walkie talkie is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so they, yeah, they're bringing you the footage, um, and and you're and you're logging in all that footage, syncing all the audio and the and the sound with the with the with the picture. Um, and there's actually tons of paperwork because you have the person, the people on set, like the continuity supervisor, the script supervisor. They're they're sell- sending reports with every shot that's filmed. There is a report that says exactly um, what lens was used, what was the shutter speed. Um, everything about that shot and did the director like this take? You know what I mean? Um, wow. How is this take? They'll put a note like, oh, the actor was supposed to pick up the thing with his left hand, but in this, uh, with his left hand, but in this take, he picked up his right. So take a note of that. Um, uh, oh, focus is off, whatever, whatever. And so you, as, an, as an editor, you have like a very strong connection with the script supervisor and continuity supervisor on set um, because it's your job as they're filming to call them up and be like, "Hey, what you did doesn't quite work. You need to reshoot that scene." If they're if, if they're still on, if they're still at that location, you know, um, to to let them know as it's happening. You know what I mean? And so you you start editing as they're filming, so that by the time they finish filming, you already more or less have a rough cut of the film ready, um, which is your rough cut. The ed, the you know, the editing team's rough cut, and then the director comes, sits with you for the next few months, and does the fine cut with you you know that's what I mean? not, that's even like it might sound weird but it sounds even like more involved than i thought it was it's very involved and like um you know some movies can take six months i worked the last movie i edited was two and a half years wow that's insane of editing it was in yeah it, it, it was <laughs> you, you look dead inside when you're talking yeah because well, it was just it was just it went on for ages and again like working long days and you know mm-hmm. it's it's um super fascinating work i've met some people who don't even know what editing is you know what i mean i mean mm-hmm. they don't understand that like for any given scene if say there's two people talking they maybe film that scene 10 different times from 10 different angles the entire scene and so for a two-minute scene you're getting maybe an hour worth of footage and now you have to cut it together and, and know when does it feel right to cut to this person saying this line or do we want to see the reaction or do we need to see the insert of them picking up the cup and what does that say about the character and that sort of thing and so it, it's a lot of like um it's a lot of interesting discussions you know late at night you're sitting, yeah, I believe you're sitting there you're, you're like you know she'll, she'll edit a scene and she'll be like watch this what's wrong with it 
I can feel something's wrong. What's wrong with it? And then, and, but, I, but she won't tell you what she thinks is wrong with it. Cause, you know, and then you'll, then you'll say, and she'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what I was feeling. And then it's okay. Well, if I take one frame off of here, does this make this action feel more natural? You know, like one frame here, one frame there. Um, oh, yeah, again, shit. I could go on forever, but like, it's, it's, um, it's a long process and it's very interesting. Cause like you can, you can change somebody's performance with how you edit as like you can make True, yeah. you can make a comedy into a horror both how you change how you edit something you know yeah. um you can rewrite the script in, in certain ways the way you edit it so there's there's a, there's a lot that goes on into it so um so anyways for the past um since i moved here that's been kind of my main profession you know working as an assistant editor and an editor on projects in germany and international like some you know american stuff that's been in indian films that have been sh you know edited in germany as sure. well fun and then during the pandemic because film went away, I had to switch to voiceover for the past few years. So yeah, and so there you go. That's kind of what me and Alex have been up to. And then, of course, we all know the classic story. You know, three years ago, as a half joke, half serious suggestion, our girlfriends at a beer garden said, "Hey, you guys have good banter. You should do a podcast about living in Germany." And we're like, "Yeah, okay." And, and here we are, and three here, years later, and here we are. Yeah, like, but yeah, who would have thought? Like, I still remember the first time we got together. In your head, in your house, and we're like, what? What are we doing? And we're like, we're both nervous because, like, even though there's nobody there, with the second you hit that record button, especially if it's the first time you've done it, you're like, who cares what I'm saying? Yeah, like, is is this interesting? Is it not? It's just crazy. So, thank you guys for sticking around for three years. Um, obviously, you found something semi interesting of what we've talked about. True. So, um, yeah. cheers to you. Cheers to you for sticking around. Um, you're the reason we meet up every Wednesday and drink alcoholic beverages. <laughs> Speaking of alcoholic beverages. Today, again, we are drinking the Glen uh, Alachi Ayachi Ayaki. It's called Alachi. It's called Alachi. I like Alachi. The Glen Alachi, uh, which is a 12-year single malt scotch whiskey. And let's drink it. Cheers. Ooh, in. okay. You haven't liked it as much as me, I guess. Cheers. I was trying to save it for the last, <laughs> for, the, for the, you know, review. Um, this falls into a category. I think with scotches, we've hit maybe too many times. Yeah. Which is I know, that, I know what you're going to say. I, yeah. And I know, you know what I'm going to say. It's, it's, it's a standard scotch. It is. It, it really it, is. But I don't not said that in a negative way. No, nope, It's not bad. It, it's it's a, good. It's a good, you drink it. And you're like, yeah, it's a good scotch. Um, yep. it's, um, a little smoky, a little bit of a burn. Smoky. I, yeah. I prefer a little more smoke. Yeah. Yeah. It could, could have more. But could I'm saying that's why it's standard. Not special. Yeah. A little smoky, a little bit of a burn. Um, you know, nothing, it, it, it doesn't linger that long, which is kind of standard. Like, and it doesn't, nothing that really hits in the face or that, nothing that's going to make me re remember this whiskey. No, it, especially the name as well. Cause you know, I'm not gonna remember Glen Alachi. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of, and I'm, I'm not saying this about scotch in general, but we, we've had a lot of scotches that have kind of fallen into this category of like. That's pretty good. Yeah. You, um, you have like the Lagavulins, which are like, whoa, that's really special. And then you have yeah. this, this or category. Or something. Or right. And then you have this category, which is like, yeah, it's it's a fine it's a fine single malt. It tastes good. But there's nothing sticking out that makes it different than another one. So for that reason, I'm just going to give it a seven because I feel like a seven is just a good. That's exactly where it is. It's a seven. It's a seven. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is, which is fine. I, give me a seven any day, man. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Exactly. There's just not much to say about them. But, but no. I mean, my glass, I, I finished, I finished mine. Uh, almost, I almost finished it halfway through the episode. Then I held on those last few drops for the end. Uh, yeah. So obviously I enjoyed it, but um, true. I mean, yeah. I, I'm super enjoying it. I'll, I'll drink it again. But, but a year from now, when you ask me what this tastes like, I will not remember. No. 
So that's a special one for a special episode for a special <laughs> month. We screw. We'll, we'll try to do better for next week. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone again for joining us, and thank you especially for joining us in our three-year anniversary month of February. Um, we 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 hope you know everyone is having fun. <laughs> Yeah. With, with their lives. Yeah, we hope yeah, we hope we're all doing well. And one last reminder, February fifteenth at seven PM, we will be live. That's live, ladies and gentlemen. We will uh, be live at, you, you, at seven PM Berlin time, one PM East Coast time, and ten AM West Coast US time. Friday, February fifteenth. And it's, day it's, after, it's, day it's, after Fucking Valentine's Day. True. So yeah. So and and you guys, it's 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 Instagram, it's a video, so you'll see us recording we'll, we'll see your messages popping up on the screen and we'll stop and we'll answer your questions when we can um super fun we I had a great time with our 100th episode yes. extravaganza with our liveness so i'm happy i'm excited for more liveness me i, I love love to be live i like i like live I, I like live uh yeah so day after the day of love and we'd love for you to join us nice. but until then no we'll see you next week but until next week <laughs> uh stay safe stay healthy and Stay thirsty. Here we go. Three years, baby. Three years. <laughs>